Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Frankly Speaking on Fridays podcast. I am your host, Frank Pador. It is currently 3.46 p.m. on July, Saturday, 23rd, 2022. Yes, you heard me right, Saturday, July 23rd. And there is a very good reason and explanation as to why it is on a Saturday. That means that something happened yesterday, and I wasn't able to get to it until this Saturday, today, July 23rd, 2022, the year that it is, that it is, that it currently is. It's, it's 2022. So hello. Yes. Hi. Apologies. Again, I'll get to that later. But how are you? How's this week been? How's this week been treating you? Uh, what's been going on? How's the family? Are you talking to the family? Um, did you, uh, accomplished anything good? Have you uh, improved on some of your hobbies? Have you met those work goals, those personal goals? Have you been making your bed? Tell me, please. And you can tell me at the email address of fsofpodcast at gmail.com. Please tell me how you're doing, how your personal goals are doing. Are you struggling? Are you succeeding? Why? For both of those. And also you can go there just to submit topics of suggestion, articles of interest, or just say hello, you know, fsofpodcast at gmail.com. So let's get you hyped up and let's keep one thing into consideration. Most of us are facing extreme heat nowadays, and I'm seeing a lot of articles. I'm seeing a lot of people, uh, articles of people basically dying from heat stroke as a result of the heat. Do your best to stay cool. Stay out of the sun, stay in the shade, stay indoors, stay anywhere cool. Remember to stay hydrated. Water is your best friend at this point or anything close to it as you can just, just stay hydrated to the best of your ability. That's, that's really all that I can offer. Just take care of you. And by doing so, you do so by staying cool and staying hydrated. That is probably the best thing that you can do for yourself right now. In addition to all your daily and workly and professional goals, take care of yourself in all aspects. Always put yourself first. Do your best to put yourself first. I know that a lot of you have children uh, that you have to look out after. Maybe you're a single parent. Maybe it seems like you're a single parent, even if you're not a single parent, even if you have a partner. I understand that your child comes first, but after your child, then you, and then your partner, because your partner should have the exact same order. You cannot help your partner if you cannot help yourself. And of course, the better that you help yourself, the better that you can provide for your child, just because they will see someone who is taking everything on the chin with a grain of salt. They're seeing someone who is strong, capable, and self-confident, able to just deal with, with confidence, whatever life has to throw at them. They will notice that, and they will then want to become like their strong parent. So keep up that self-confidence. Keep those goals in mind, and even if it's just one little thing at the time, one little thing of the time, at the time, by the time, it is still forward progression to your goal. And that counts. Every little bit counts. So I hope you do that. And if you're single, 
Put yourself forward. Put yourself first. Take care of yourself. Build that confidence. Go to the gym. Practice that hobby. Do whatever it takes to make you feel worthy of being here. Confident within who you are and proud of who you are. That is what is important. That is what counts. And I know that a couple of you are going through some difficult times within your life. Things that are out of your control, circumstances which were not favorable to you. Or even if maybe you caused it upon yourself, maybe if you don't even realize it, you know, think about it. And um, if you didn't cause it upon yourself, then I'm sorry that you're having to go through the pain, the loss, the um, confusion that you may be feeling right now. But it will get better. Time heals all wounds, both physically and emotionally. All that I can really say is just take care of yourself, try to write it out, try to learn from it most importantly. The best thing you can do is learn from it. Not only, you know, what maybe you could have done better, but also is it really best and good for you? Are there better things out there for you? Are there better people out there for you? And those are the things that we need to evaluate, especially the older that we get. Last week I spoke about, you know, how it is natural for that friends group of yours to grow smaller and smaller as you get older. Some of us face that sooner than we would like to anticipate or even sooner than what we would like to to begin with. And it's unfortunate, but you will be better off as a result of it. You will be happier. You'll accept that. The friends group is smaller, eventually, but ultimately, and, and, you know, in truth, from my own experience, part of me is actually quite happy that there is less people that I need to focus on. So I hope that you're able to do the same. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Get out there. Be fearless. Be strong. And keep yourself in mind, always. So... As always, I commemorate this podcast with a shot to you, to me, the individual in a room with a microphone, and to the podcast. This is episode 41 of the FSOF podcast. So, cheers. Ah, Jen, it is. So here's why I'm late for this podcast. I can't tell you. (laughs) I can't tell you just yet. I'm going to have to tell you that next week on the podcast just because something has happened within my life. And it has caused a little bit of stress, a bit of adjustment. But uh, ultimately, it cannot officially be released yet here on the podcast, nor within my own private life, mostly. It has been announced to a couple of people, but not to my personal family, not to close friends, or at least not all of my close friends. And I don't know if they listen to this podcast or not. 
and I don't know if they would actually pay attention to my social media postings. So I haven't said anything about it. As a result, I can't say anything on it right now. I can't say on anything on it now. They'll have to wait till next week, which will also be the main topic of next week's podcast as well. Apologies, you'll have to wait until what is the next podcast? The 29th is when you'll have to wait. So apologies, but it's just how it's going to have to be. In the meantime, I will give you my weekly update. Work has been fine. Work has been good. Been selling some policies. I've been struggling a little bit, and I will be absolutely upfront about that. And the reason why I've been struggling is just because of sleep, because of my sleeping disorders. I have been very restless, even with me having my CPAP machine on my face all night for six to eight hours long. Even if I go to bed early, even if I go to bed wait, late, wait, <laughs> even if I go to bed late with the CPAP on, which I know helps a lot, but I am still just waking up so unrested, so tired. And it's just because of my restless leg syndrome, just being not as properly managed as I would like. Now that that's any fault to anyone, it's just the medication is just wearing off of its effectiveness. Luckily, this past week, I've worked four days a week rather than five, so on my day off, I made a slew of phone calls to try to make my life better both physically, because I made two doctor appointments, and financially, which I have called certain bills that I owe and signed on for their um, their hardship program, essentially. Money still isn't great for me, but it will be getting better based on uh, several factors, and these two factors being one of them. So, yay, huzzah, hoorah. Other than that, and the surprise I'll have to tell you next week, there is something that will transition me into what I actually want to talk about for this week's podcast. And as of late, as of um, the beginning of this month, I suppose, and dealing with everything with that one talent agency and that one talent scout not getting back to me, it made me realize several things and feel several things more importantly. And I don't know who of you are out there who are also actors of the stage, of television, of um, voice acting, just acting and actors and actresses in general. I don't know who you people are. I don't know if you listen to this podcast or not, but if you do, then you would, I hope, be able to relate to me as to what I am about to speak of. This entire month has really brought me down. Just maybe a little bit uh, down as in like, oh, I feel down. I feel a little depressed. I feel, I, I just feel blech. I think that's a technical term too. And the reason why that is, is because ever since I got signed on to this new agency out of Chicago, from my prior one out of Indianapolis, I just 
I've been doing, you know, showcase after showcase, audition after audition every single month. And there's a lot of emotional ups and downs, which has contributed to it. You know, you get, you get excited for the audition that you selected for the audition. You prep it up. You feel good. You go into the audition a little bit gung-ho nervous, of course. Absolutely nervous. But there's still that twinkle, that spark within you. And you feel... You feel invigorated. You feel this... Just this urge to be recognized. And you hope that your gung-ho-ness and your, um, your excitement for that, to working and striving to that recognition, will be enough for them, the scout, to recognize. And be like, hey, that guy or that gal, that person, look at that spark. They're right for us. Unfortunately, this is all a facade. We create that for ourselves. And the roller coaster emotion that continues with that is you get done with the audition, you close it out, and then you start analyzing your audition almost immediately. You keep analyzing, you keep thinking and replaying. This is how I did it. Should I have done it this way? Should I have done it that way? Do they know this and this? Do they even know where this is from? And then you wait. And for me, I've expressed this many times. I'm a very impatient person when it comes to results. Not only results, like it's specifically audition results. I don't care entirely about results from doctors. They'll come eventually. They're almost legally obligated in which to call me back and be like, hey, so uh, your blood test came back and it looks like everything is fine except for a little bit of high cholesterol. So I'm going to prescribe this. No. It is such a vast, different world when it comes to auditioning as an actor or actress and all spectrums of it than it is as a musician. And this is why I say this. Being a musician, doing mock auditions, doing actual auditions professionally, and even just playing in front of people, playing in front of colleagues, I am used to feedback. I am used to almost immediate instantaneous feedback. Even if not immediate or instantaneous, it's at least within the week. I am so used to that because I am craving for that feedback. Hey, you did this great, you did this great, but here's where you need to work on. And this is why, because when you implement this and you get this better, you'll be able to do this and this in conjunction with everything else that you're good for. And it'll just flow better. And you're like, oh, well, I know how to do that. I'll just do this exercise and this exercise. And I'll work on these arpeggios and this scale. And I'll work out my fingerings in order to make it more smooth. And I'll make sure my articulation is just right. And I'll make sure those slurs right there, those are going to be as smooth as silk. You can formulate that. Just based on that little bit of feedback, you're like, oh, shit. Here's two weeks more of work that will make that awesome. Maybe sometimes a month or two. But still, that feedback inspires you to go the extra mile or two, if you're a musician, just to make that sound as beautifully and as perfect as you can. 
I say as perfect because perfection does not exist. As perfect as you can. That is the world that I'm used to. Now jumping trains, jumping ships, going to this acting world, doing these auditions. There is no feedback. None whatsoever. The only feedback that I received, which was a generosity, I suppose, was from one major agency. And they said to me that I did a great audition or a wonderful audition, I forget exactly, or a performance, I forget. But they said that I need to keep my feet planted and not sway so much when I give my performance. That's it. This is my immediate thought after reading that. One, that's it. Two, okay, I can see their point. And three, if that was your only grievance against my performance, why not a callback? Why not talk to me? If literally me swaying was your only discrepancy, why ignore everything else which I presented? And I understand that I have a little bit of a one-up on a couple of people. I have an interesting background, being a musician, having my master's degree in music performance with French horn. My voice is a little more unique, a little more deeper than a lot of people. And uh, I tend to dress maybe a little bit more than what I should. Three-piece suits and all for my auditions which may not actually be the best choice, but that's what I feel comfortable in doing. But if that is literally your only grievance, then what the hell? And here's what the hell, because I can answer that. <laughs> and this is where the stress of being within this industry comes from. When I was a part of my older agency and I was going through just a couple of training courses and this and that, they advocated immediately of having a good support system because this type of industry is hell when it comes to auditions. Why? I can tell you why. Because if you are the right height, the right body build, you give an excellent performance for your audition, you might have the wrong color eyes. You might have the wrong colored hair. They might not like the, the outfit that you wore. One person for one reason can throw away your audition. It is not a matter of being judged based on your performance and solely on your performance. They're looking at everything. When if you're auditioning here in the United States as a musician, you do it behind closed curtains. It's blind auditions. They don't see you. They want to hear you. They want to hear what you have to bring as a musician for your artistry. They're not judging you on your looks. They're not judging you on how you walk. They're not judging you on how you may move or have facial expressions during your performance. They just want to hear your sound, your instrument, your musicianship. As an actor, as a voiceover individual, which is a little more lenient, but then they're just listening to your voice. And this, the discrepancies can be equally, if not more, challenging than that. 
Many people have said to me, why are you in the insurance game when you have a voice like that? I said, well, the local radio station didn't want me twice, and uh, I'm trying to do something with my voice. And opportunities only come every so often. And they say that's a shame. And I agree. I want to be a part of this industry, like many people. With the right moment, the right luck, the right scout, the right timing just hasn't come. And it's a shame. Because like me, if you are like me, very analytical, then you start beating yourself up. You start thinking, I made this one mistake or um, I have a ponytail right now because I am growing my hair out because I want to turn the, my long hair from the pandemic and donate it to a child of cancer for locks of love. Maybe that's why I haven't been getting this. But that's the other thing. We don't know, as individuals who are auditioning for these things, we don't know what they're looking for. That's not given to us. Especially within these, uh, these showcases. It's just overall, here's our talent, pick and choose what you want, but we don't know what they want. If they just wanted models, then just have models. Don't ask for those who are focusing on acting to audition for these things. Why invite us in order to just build our hopes up, thinking, hey, maybe they'll like us, in order to just not have them like us or even consider us? If that's the case as well, if you're just looking for models, then why are you having the models doing all... Uh, monologues of any type yeah they have may have speaking lines but you're just mostly looking for the physical appeal of these individuals not their performance not their delivery and if that is the case then i guess good luck further communication less secretiveness would be great within the industry but we don't get that we get to stress about ourselves. We get to stress about our delivery, our performance, our talent, our physical appearance. I've gained some weight. I still haven't lost it. I still feel subconscious about it. And every single time that I go through these roller coasters, especially this latest one of, okay, prep my audition. Hey, our audition, that was great. Same day, you get a call back. <gasps> My goodness, fantastic. I get a callback. What kind of callback? It's a one-on-one -on -one interview. Awesome. I'm great with one-on-one -on -one interviews. Let's go. Interview's coming up. Hey, postpone because vacation lasted longer than usual. Okay, that's fine. Whatever. Vacation. Sure. Good for you. Here's my one-on-one -on -one interview. Let's go. That morning. Been postponed because I'm ill. Okay, you're ill. That sucks. I was really ready to get this done with out of the way now because I'm 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 stressed about it. I'm prep. I'm mentally prepped. I'm prepared. I'm good to go. Now I have to wait another week. Okay, wait another week. Have that one-on-one -on -one interview. I didn't mess up the time because differentiation time zones between Illinois and Indiana. I made it on time. Great interview. Seems to go really well. They say that they will contact me with follow-up questions by the end of the week. Awesome. Absolutely. Whatever you want. I don't hear a single word back. Not one. I ask my agent, hey, I haven't heard a single thing. 
I want to contact them. What's the best way to approach this? They tell me, don't go with a direct follow-up of, hey, what's happening? Where am I within your minds? Just thank them for the opportunity to audition and be considered. Okay, fine. I do that. Not a word. And I think that was a week and a half to two ago now. I don't know. Time slips my mind. At least a week. That roller coaster of emotion is just... My God. And it was a result of that roller coaster of emotion. Okay, no, I can't say it was a week. It was, it was like three weeks now. But that roller coaster of emotions just... Oh my God, it messes with you. It messes with you in a lot of ways. And uh, it is a result of that roller coaster of emotions that, like I said last week or two weeks ago, like I haven't, I haven't been in the right place. I haven't really thought about or considered like, like I'm discouraged. I feel, um, I feel unmotivated. And the reason why I felt unmotivated is because of all of that is because my voice, my performance going through all of that, just being toyed around. It's just, God, I just, I couldn't get in the right headspace to constructively put my voice into better efforts for myself or just to motivate myself into doing projects. And I consider the podcast a little bit of a pro, uh, of a project, not much, but a little bit of a project. And even then I felt so down, so unmotivated, so drained of trying that I didn't even want to do the podcast for a while. I forced myself to do so, but you saw the result of that because that was the weeks prior. It came to the point where I didn't even want to audition for this month's showcase. I didn't have any type of monologue prepared. I didn't want to search for a monologue because no monologue felt right. I've mostly been doing comedic monologues and I was like, I'm not feeling comedic at all. At all. I, I, I just, I kind of feel shitty. I kind of feel down. I feel like I don't want to do this. I need, I feel like I need a break. And it wasn't until that I spoke with my roommate about this and was completely open and completely honest and basically said all this, maybe less, maybe same, maybe more. And she's like, well, don't then. Either don't audition or find an audition or find a monologue that that matches what you're feeling. And we found one. To my chagrin, we found one. And I feel good about it because, well, it involves one of my favorite characters, Bojack Horseman, in a, one of my favorite episodes uh, of Bojack Horseman. But it's just, it made me realize that even with music, even if you don't want to practice, even if you feel discouraged from an audition which has come and gone, that you can still use your craft as a type of meditation, as a type of emotional relief, and just emote what you're feeling or what would make you feel better 
As a musician, if you're feeling sad and you want to emote that, you can play something sad. Or if you're feeling mad, bust out some Mahler, some uh, uh, Stravinsky. Maybe bust out some Wagner. Play something that makes you... uh, Some Chopin. Play something that makes you... Feel better. If you're sad, play something happy. If that's what you feel. If you're sad, play something angry. Get that out of you. Use your craft. Use your hobbies. To not only still keep that habit up in order to keep your practice up, but also to have that release lever of your stress, of your angst. And I think I lost that. I keep things so bottled up so often that I just wanted to just keep myself suffering until it was gone or at least buried within myself. When, of course, that is an unhealthy practice. And I have now this monologue that I'm able to keep as practice for myself as I run it through continuously in my mind and I openly express and do so and keeping that other agency's tip and feedback in mind of keeping myself planted and not swaying. It is constructive. It is building skill and it is still keeping my hobbies alive despite them being continuously analyzed and judged. I'm still not feeling 100% about it. It's just, I at least am at a point where I can do what I want and move towards my goals still. And that's what I want to talk about when it comes to actors and actresses and auditioning is the stress of it. I was talking with my therapist and we were talking about the stresses of my life and I said to him, the number one thing which is stressing me out is this whole acting and auditioning thing, specifically the auditioning thing and the roller coaster that I previously described. So I found some articles that I hope can help my fellow actors and actresses and myself with these, these stresses that are involved with our jobs because it is very personable. Because they're not judging our performance and our craft and how we are as an actor or actress, they're judging our bodies, our appearances, damn our personality. Sure, that's slightly considered, but if we don't resemble or fit the part that is within their mind, unless they are entirely blown away by our performance, we're left in the lurch. And that's just pure, simple fact and has been the case, I suppose, ever since Hollywood, Hollywood has been established. And there's two other things that I wish to say. Thing number one, or actually not thing number one, is uh, just the thing that I want to say is there are two quotes that are always within my mind when I try to keep acting and even being a musician is involved. One of them comes from Brian Cranston, who you know as Walter White in Breaking Bad, and also um, Hal, I believe is the name, Uh, Malcolm's father, Malcolm in the middle. He was interviewed um, for one thing or another, and the uh, interviewer asked him if there, what is the one thing that of advice that you want to give to new actors and actresses trying to get onto the field? 
And he basically says in short and paraphrasing, once you do your audition, do your audition, walk out, do it to the best of your ability at that time, walk out. Once you hear those doors slam behind you, think nothing of it. It is out of your hands, it is out of your control, and there's nothing more that you can do right now which will alter their decision. Leave it be and move on to the next project. The other piece of advice comes from Jeff Nelson, who of, is currently, as of this day, July 23rd, 2022, is a Indiana University Jacobs School of Music horn professor, as well as the horn player for the Canadian Brass. And within his instructive uh, program that he has, a fearless performance, he says something along the lines of, is there anything that you can do about what is stressing you right now? If the answer is yes, do it. If the answer is no, don't think about it. And that goes in perfect conjunction with what Cranston says. The door is closed. The audition is done with. Is there anything more you can do about it right now? No, because the audition is done with. The decision is in the panel's hands. You can't do anything. Move on to the next thing. Is there something that you can do for the next audition that you didn't like with this audition? Yes. What is it? Well, it's this, this, and this. Great. Do it. Put it into practice and put it into your next audition, period. So these articles, I hope, speak to myself, to whomever has to audition or present their material, their art, their passion, and to my actors and actresses and musicians. The first one comes from thriveglobal.com by the twins from Russia. It is entitled most common reasons actors stress about and a ways and a ways to fight it and a ways. Yes. And a ways to fight it. Note how to fight you stress and depression to book the best gig. That's supposed to be your, so I'm already having questions about the credibility of this article, but let's go. Blah, 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 blah. Actress on set. Okay. A fun little photo. Good time of the day. That's literally the first sentence. This is identical twins, Kieran Revega and Philippe Revega. Actors, social media influencers, better known as twins from Russia. As a twin actors, we frequently work on set auditioning for different projects, passionately waiting when casting puts you on hold or on availability, and then suddenly drops you, releases from booking. All this causes so much stress, mental instability. Today, we wanted to share most common reasons why actors are being stressed and the ways how you can fight with it. Stress fetters you a lot, emotionally brings you down, and if you won't fight a way to release all bad vibes and how to deal with the stress, you can fall into a long-term dispersion, and this is totally going to ruin your career and of a successful actor. You can tell this is not me actually speaking because I hardly ever use the word totally to describe anything. Ahem. <laughs> Moving on. This is why it is so important to talk about stress management and share this information with the others. 
The article is going to be helpful not only for beginners in the acting industry, currently working actors, but also for everybody else who wants to prevent themselves from falling into a similar situation. Going through the same path, making our acting careers here in Los Angeles, we've faced this stress problems. We had to learn and educate ourselves. Right now, we are exited to share this with you guys. Let's jump right into this. I am guessing that these brothers uh, have English as their second language. Right now, we are excited to share this with you guys. Let's jump right into this. So, keeping grammar and spelling errors in mind, let's not pass judgment. Most common causes of stress. Number one, fear not to fit in into the industry. I'm going to take a little sip. Hold on. Oh boy. <laughs> All right, let's see. Some causes of stress are generated by fears. First cause is relatable to beginners of the acting industry or want to be actors. In 21st century, when acting profession became really popular, many people want to give it a try and start to act. On the same end, realizing how many actors there are in Hollywood, some of the future actors starting to give up without even putting their feet in the door. Their fears, their fears starts to arise, giving them the idea that they won't fit in or won't become successful with this huge competition. Here comes the stress, but this is not right. Got to push through this first hard, hardest step and put yourself out there. There are so many great projects and opportunities for you. No meter who you are, no meter how you look, casting or client might like you. You might be booking for an amazing project and become really successful even from the first gig. I swear I'm not trying to judge. This is fine. We, can, we understand what they're saying. It's fine. Number two. Fear of a huge competition. Second, key, uh, second fear comes from the first one and is relatable for all actors who successfully got ready for the industry, made their headshots, and frequently go out for auditions. The fear of a huge competition never completely leaves you and you have to leave with it. It is really easy to give up on your acting career when you did not book your second or third audition in a row. We know some actors who burn out after several unsuccessful auditions. You also have to remember that a good gig and a life-changing moment can come any day. In this case, you have to find your motivation. Keep going and never stop. So many actors became famous after years and years of work. We have a lot of examples when our friends, actors who uh, actors were not booked too often, but suddenly they got a really great and well-paid jobs. We suggest you to always keep this example in your mind. It is really motivational. Number three, lack of self-confidence. Imagine your agent have been submitting you for many projects and you receive an audition or self-tape request. At this moment, you remember that you have been auditioning, recording self-tapes for lots of projects before. You work so hard, put your best efforts to it, and you're rarely getting booked. You are not sure anymore if you have to go for audition 
or record this self tape since you almost never get those gigs. This memories and a latest booking failure produces some sort of a laziness that brings your motivation down. Lack of self-confidence almost generates a lot of stress, and it is one of the main reasons of stress. Personally can relate this to ourselves. We have recorded tons of self-tapes, but we book just a small percentage of them. Every time, we remind ourselves how many actors there are in Hollywood, and we understand that it is completely normal. Every single self-tape we do, we get a better at it. We get better at it. We get better at it. That was me. Our best gig and our big gigs are still coming, guys. We also know some actors who stopped doing self-tapes after they recorded them so many times without further success. We want you to always remember that you are not the only one. There are many other actors who feel the same. If you constantly record self-tapes and go out for auditions while somebody skips on them or does not show up for, at auditions, it raises up your chances a lot. Number four, waiting stress. Being on hold means that you and a couple of other actors, usually two to three others, waiting to be finally confirmed for the exact job. The director, clients choose the one who will work the job, not by only how well he or she did on the audition. They also consider look, some exact features, measurements, and other things. Majority of actors, while being on hold or on availability, starting to stress too much. So even if they did not book the job, it does not necessarily mean they did, uh, they did bad on audition. It can also mean that client or director likes somebody's look better for this specific job. But some actors who are not aware of that start to stress too much what drops their self-esteem. And I suppose that's exactly where a lot of us come in. I know that's where I've been coming in, is... I've been doing this. I've been told this. I've been told that. I feel this. I feel worthy and able and prompt, ready to go, ready to do. And I get nothing time and time again. Even my agent coming back to me and saying, yeah, so-and-so really loved your voice. Well, great. They love my voice, but they're not doing shit with it. Why? The answer of why was I not selected is never answered. Not once. At least it's never been explicitly told to me. To my agent, perhaps. But they're not going to share with me. And again, I don't know why they wouldn't. They should. Oh, yeah. So the next article comes from theconversation.com. And is entitled, Out of Character, How Acting Puts a Mental Strain on Performers. This is written by Leith Taylor, PhD graduate of WA Academy of Performing Arts, Edith Cohen, uh, Cohen University. This was published December 6, 2017. A little bit of an older artic uh, article, but probably still relevant. Let's see what it has to say. Performers are twice as likely as the general population to experience depression, according to the 2015 Australian Actors Wellbeing Study. Many suffer from performance anxiety and report high levels of stress arising from work-related pressures, such as low income and job insecurity. Research over many years has acknowledged that those drawn to working in the arts tend to be highly vulnerable to depression and anxiety. 
However, there are contributing factors to the strikingly high levels of anxiety and stress specific to the acting community. These include the deep emotions they are often required to access and express when playing a role and the strong identification they can form with their characters. I recently conducted research into the stresses incurred by acting students at the county's leading drama schools. Most of the acting teachers I interviewed acknowledged that their students did not take the time and space to separate themselves from their roles. This resulted in emotional hangovers, which often cause extreme moods and difficulties in their personal lives. Although it became clear that more still needs to be done to safeguard these acting students' well-beings, mental health issues, and the arts along with other stressful workplace environments, and fortunately now being given more significance. Many performing arts schools and companies are actively seeking to address their artists' mental health and well-being concerns. Getting in character. Getting into character is not just a simple, not just as simple as putting on or taking off a role. Performing arts scholar Mark Seton argues that playing a character is a complex process that cannot be separated from the life of the actor. Sometimes actors are unable to let go of the emotions associated with their characters. This boundary blurring, yes, this boundary blurring can result in them carrying the role into everyday life with negative effects. One acting teacher describes how a gentle, polite male student became rude and aggressive during the time he played one of the men involved in a reenactment of Anita Kobe murder. In the Anita Kobe murder, the teacher had to point out to him the seepage seemed to be taking place between him and the character. Actors frequently tap into their personal histories to evoke the emotions required to play a role. This can be traumatic if it triggers deep issues or electics or elicit difficulties uh, elicit difficult emotions and memories excuse me one drama school director disclosed that he had to be very careful when choosing plays if they involve domestic violence or sexual assaults because he was aware of some of his students had lived through those experiences it could be emotionally dangerous for them to act out such scenes the 2015 Australian Actors Wellbeing Study found that almost 40% of actors surveyed had difficulty shaking off instance, uh, intense emotional and or physical roles. Although strategies have been deployed to help actors detach from the roles they play to de-role, in my experience and in my research, actors or acting students rarely use these practices. It has long been acknowledged that heading to the bar for a drink after performance is the traditional way for actors to unwind after performances. The 2015 study found that, perhaps unsurprisingly in light of this fact, actors' alcohol consumption was high. How to de-roll There are many ways to warm down from a performance. Actors can participate in a brief feedback session with cast members. This can involve sharing how the performance had gone as well as other procedures such as deep breathing, visualizations, or physical releases. Other de-rolling suggestions uh, include ritualistic de-sobering, a uh, disrobing rather, in order to consciously let go of the costume and the character by leaving them both on the rack. 
Any post-performance sense of closure that actors can create is helpful if it assists them in leaving their characters in the dressing room. It could involve the use of symbolic talismans that is carried only when playing the role and left backstage, or the singing of a little tune that represents to them a sense of completion. Whatever works. The teachers I interviewed maintained that more needed that more needed to be done to help acting students better differentiate between the theater space and the space outdoor the stage. This would reinforce healthier work habits, which could eventually transfer into the profession. Performing arts companies paying attention. The 2015 resulted the 2015 study resulted in the establishment of an actors equity wellness committee. It aims uh, its aim is to reduce, uh, excuse me, its aim is to educate the industry about mental health and well-being while providing resources for those who may be at risk. More performing arts companies are employing psychologists. The Australian Ballet and Contemporary Dance Company, CO3, have resident psychologists to assist with the dancers' mental well-being. Theater productions are more frequently using the services of psychologists, particularly if the subject matter is dark or difficult and likely to trigger psychological or emotional reactions in the actors. Cases in point are recent productions of Sarah Kane's 4.45 Psychosis, an exploration of mental illness, and a dance theater production, Good Little Soldier, which dealt with the family of a Vietnam vet suffering from PTSD. Drama schools tend to rely on their instructors and affiliated university, university counseling services to help students with mental health issues. Sydney Drama School, NIDA, NIDA, has had a recent counselor one day per week for many years, and he is always booked out. Many, uh, my research uh, suggests that specialized counseling services are an essential backup for students in all area of the performing arts. In the future, artists in the future artists will hopefully suffer a little less for their art in order to provide audiences with their best work. And while this article primarily talks about students within the Australia region, that doesn't mean that it's not less or more applicable within individuals such as myself, as well as the professional people. They don't talk about it a whole lot, I don't think, but how many of the major actors and actresses that we see in Hollywood going through something like this? Why is it that we haven't heard about method actors, such as Daniel Day-Lewis going to see a therapist, a psychologist, concerning his roles? Maybe that would be something which would have actually saved Heath Ledger Heath Ledger's life. Maybe. Maybe. Here's the last article that I'm going to read. Um, and I'll throw in a free article for you to read by yourself. I'm going to read it after this. But we're coming up on time. And this comes from Backstage.com. If you don't know who or what Backstage is, Backstage is a uh, website that for a fee, for a fine, for a monthly subscription, will let you know what auditions are happening within your area. However, they also provide these free articles, which are kind of nice to read every so often. So backstage, this is written by Stan Popovich, last updated May 13th, 2020. 
And it says a mental health expert offers four tips of managing the stress of an actor's life. He writes, stress and anxiety are all too common in the entertainment industry. Combined with the regular stressors of a personal life, anxiety-inducing career situations can make an actor... Actors feel like there's no way to handle it at all. But it's important to know that you can handle it. You can manage an acting career and a personal life even when things get stressful. Here are a few techniques I found to be particular, particularly helpful in dealing with the daily stresses and anxieties of a life as a performer. Step back for a minute. It's easy to get stressed when it seems like everything is happening all at once. Rather than try to immediately deal with all the different things coming at you, take a deep breath and remove yourself for a few minutes to get your mind off the issues at hand. Take a walk, listen to calming music, read a book, anything that can help you get a fresh perspective. Divide and Conquer when facing a task that makes you anxious, divide it into a series of smaller steps and tackle them one at a time. Completing several small tasks rather than one big one will make the stress more manageable and increase your chances of success. Visualize. If you're feeling anxious or stressed over something you have coming up, an audition, a performance, a meeting, etc., visualize yourself doing it successfully. Let's say you're nervous about performing in front of a large audience in a few weeks. Before the day comes, imagine yourself up on stage, flawlessly performing to rounds of applause. Self-visualization is a great way to prepare yourself and get rid of nerves. Stay positive. Another helpful technique is to carry a small notebook of positive statements that make you feel good. Whenever you come across an affirmation that makes you smile or lifts you up, write it down. Then, when you're feeling stressed or anxious, read the notebook to yourself. Remember that no one can predict the future. Even if the thing you feared does happen, there are circumstances and factors you can't predict that can be used to your advantage. Maybe you missed the deadline for a project you've been working on for the last few months. Everything you feared is coming true. Suddenly, your manager tells you that the deadline is extended and he forgot to tell you. This, is, this unknown factor changes everything. Remember, we may be 99% correct in predicting, in predicting the future, but all it takes is that 1% to make the world a difference. In dealing with your anxieties as a performer, learn to take it one day at a time. While the consequences of a particular fear may seem real, there are usually other factors that can't be anticipated and can affect results of any situation. Get all the facts and use them to your advantage. advantage. Our anxieties and stresses can be difficult to manage in this business, but the more you control but the more control you have over them. This is what it says. Our anxieties and stresses can be difficult to manage in, the, in this business, but the more control you have over your them, the better off you'll be in the long run. I might have time to read. Uh, how long? 
You're not too long. I'll just read the force bonus article. Also from backstage. And it says three tips to help actors stressed about the state of the industry. This comes from Tony Rossi. Last updated April 7th, 2021. I'm sure you've been getting a lot of questions and comments lately about our current situation. How long will we be out of work? What will the future film look like? It feels like forever until theaters can open up. Last time I was this stressed was 10 years ago. I was brand new to Chicago and living in a studio apartment. I went from friends all around me to zero. Plus, I was broke with no clue how to be an actor. Fast forward 10 years, and I'm in the best day job I've ever had. I have access to hard-to-get audition. I have access to a hard-to-get audition in my first lead role in a web series. Then the coronavirus hits. The day job laid me off. All those casting directors couldn't cast me if they wanted to, and my web series got postponed. Now, this is normally where I'd let you know how things got so much better. New job, new opportunities, fell in love during quarantine. Unfortunately, that's not the case. But here's the thing. If I went from zero friends, a low-paying job, and zero clue as to how to be an actor to where I am today... That means I figured it out before, and I'll figure it out again. In case you haven't realized it, you'll figure it out too. If you're not embracing the whole things will get better attitude, no sweat. Here's some tips to keep in mind. Number one, go easy on yourself. No one taught us this. Remember when you went to acting school and learned a bunch of things? Script analysis, taking care of your voice, and so much more. And maybe took uh, maybe took some on-camera classes after you graduated. I'm guessing you learned things that you didn't know before. We're in a business with constant rejection, ongoing comparison to our peers. But for some reason, amid everything else, we're not taught about our mental health, which means we lack the necessary tools in our tool belt. It's the same thing for this pandemic. No one's taught us how to handle this. If you're feeling extra stress, start by going easy on yourself or feeling whatever comes up. Number two, you figured out hard things before, you'll figure this out too. My story of moving to Chicago might sound similar to something you've experienced. Did you, did you figure out how to get an agent, how to become a SAG el eligible, how to earn your EMC card? Or maybe you're not there yet, but you know how to apply to agents or uh, crash equity calls. I'm sure they mean crush, but there's crash there. If you're an actor, that means you're tough. You have a resilience others don't necessarily have. You're an actor. You've done hard things before. You figure them out, you'll figure this out too. Number three, you're allowed to enjoy parts of this. We live in a very black or white, either or type of world, so it's natural if your mind jumps to, I have to be super depressed or super motivated. What if we could both acknowledge what's going on and feel sad when we feel sad while accepting the parts that are good. Happy to have a break from auditions, happy to get a break from your restaurant job. It's allowed. Doesn't mean you hate acting or you wish ill on the restaurant. You're simply taking the good that comes with the bad. I hope these tips help you with the next time you're wondering how I'll figure this out or better. Yet, how will the business figure it out? My advice, focus on what's in your control. 
Enjoy the good that comes with the bad, and please remember that you've done hard things before. You learn how to do this again. Uh, if we take care of both ourselves and each other, I really believe we're going to be okay. Well, that's cute, and that's fine. So everything that I said previously is still factual. There are things that are out of our control that we can't control, and there's no point in stressing about it. If we are stressing about it, take a break, relax, breathe, step away. Try to think about things logically rather than emotionally. Leave the emotion to your craft. Leave the logic to after the fact. And also just, of course, logically think about how you're going to pursue roles in this and that. But it is easier said than done to keep all these things in mind, to keep those quotes in mind. The best thing I can recommend is just practice them. Whenever you're able to take a moment, take a step back and realize, holy shit, I'm stressing about this. Acknowledge it. Okay, I'm stressing about this. Like, really, I'm stressing about this. I'm impatient about this. Can I do anything about it? No. Okay. Can I do something about it for the future? Yeah. Okay, what is it? It's these things. Okay. Let's prepare the next roll with these things in mind. Or, no, there's not going to be a next roll. I'm going to take things to relax and stress and reevaluate. Okay, fine. What do you want to focus on? What are the steps? What are the big things that you want to focus on? Well, this, this, and this. Okay, let's take this number one. What can we do about this number one in order to get there? Well, maybe these things and those things. All right, write those down and then pursue them to fill that one thing. I agree with that. I've heard that thing many times of you have one goal. What are the smaller steps to reach that goal? Focus on those smaller steps while keeping the big goal in mind. That will help you succeed. And not only as an actor or voice actor or actress. For anything. For anything. What is the big goal that you see yourself in five years? This. What can you do to get there? What are those smaller goals in order to get there? These things. Focus on those things. Build up to that goal. And then once you reach that goal, build up again. So, with that said, I have an audition next week. A week from today, actually. And I'll be keeping these things in mind. As I have told you, I have not been the most motivated. And I hope that after reading these articles, I am able to feel a little more motivated. And I hope you are too. So with that said, I'm going to end the podcast here. I will be back next week, Friday, the 29th, if not the 30th. No, not the 30th. I'll be helping a friend move. I'll be auditioning. So I will be back on the 29th for the next podcast, revealing that surprise of why yesterday was postponed. But here we are today. So thank you for listening. Always appreciate it. Remember, email me at fsofpodcast at gmail.com to just say hello, to submit articles of interest and topics of suggestion. Until then, remember to keep practicing no matter what it is, so long it doesn't hurt you or anyone else. I'm going to keep these articles in mind. I'm going to practice their wisdom. I hope you do the same and you're able to apply them to your own life. So thank you for listening. Take care of yourself. Uh, take care of yourselves. Sleep well. Sweet dreams. Make your bed. And until next time, au revoir. <laughs>